And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. All right, guys, here with Josh Thompson, Big John McCarthy, podcast Dave, which, you know, we pulled him out of the the closet, brought him out, let his, his wife uh, let him go ahead and leave the house today. She's happy the house is clean now. You can thank me later for the the maid, by the way. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Oh, Quit man. on the ground, Dave. Yeah. You, Quit they, blaming your son for it. That's yeah, just wrong. You wouldn't dude. have to have a maid if you just learned how to aim, buddy, with the little Peter you have. Okay. <laughs> That's great. It's great. I love it. People, honestly, I, I read the comments. They're like, man, Josh gives Dave such a hard time. I'm like, oh gosh, I wish you guys just understood. He deserves it. He really does. <laughs> if you guys were on our text thread with Big John and podcast oh, Dave and dude. myself, you guys would realize he, he deserves is, he, it. Dude, he knows how to he knows how to troll with the best. Of he them. does. He's very he good does. at it. He's I give good. him credit, man. Yeah. I'm just not a Dana hater like you, Josh. <laughs> I'm not a Dana hater. I did an interview this morning or this afternoon, sorry, with uh, with someone from Ireland. And he's like, hey, you know, you get a lot of flack, Josh, for being a Dana hater. And I'm like, I'm not a Dana hater. I'm not a Dana, not hater. A Dana hater. No. I'm not, say it again. Say, say, say it three times. I five. am not, not a, Dana a Dana hater. I am not a Dana hater. No, I've actually, <laughs> actually, um, Yes, I've given Dana several compliments. <laughs> <laughs> John's I've given like, him one or two. John's like, you can't <laughs> even say it with a straight face. No, no, that's the whole point. I've given him a lot of compliments. Look, I feel like I owe. I feel like I owe a lot of my career to him because he's the one that went on a limb for me to get me in the UFC. Because Joe Silva was like, no, he's not ready yet. No, no, no. When I fought Kid Yamamoto, and Dana's yeah. like, fuck no, man. This kid, he's smiling all the time when he fights. He's action packed. He brings the fight. Fuck it, I'm signing him. Because that fight was a no contest. And so he he really had nothing That's to sign you, me off of. Because you kicked him in the fucking pills. Yeah, he deserved it. <laughs> he deserved it. <laughs> Rest in peace, by the way. Kid Yamamoto, yes, one of sir. my... Uh, one of, my, yes, uh, I one of just, the greats. Yes, definitely one of the greats. And definitely one of the guys I loved watch fight. I mean, yeah. from his fights with... Um, all through K1. And I, it was he was amazing, man. Loved watching. Rest in peace, my man. Um... All right, so let's talk. I mean, oh, by the way, let's let's actually do a quick introduction because I didn't do that, and Dave likes to give me a hard time about how I don't do introductions. Is you guys? Thank you guys for following us, weighing in our podcast, our show. We call it weighing in show. Every, it, podcast, it feels so. I feel like oh. it's so. It's so played out. So it's I like the to say weighing show. in show. It's the weighing in we show. We are a show. It feels like more like a do. podcast though because you just. Are you just like like stuttering and stuff like that? He's stuttering though right now. See, you see how he's and stuttering? No, no, and no, no, no. Nobody likes Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but hey look i i honestly gotta tell all of you guys you guys have been supporting us and doing a great job we've only been doing this for i would say nine months now ten months now yeah it's, we're coming up on a year we're almost coming up on a year now huh a few months ten months now so we have a couple more months till we uh you know for us to hit our first year we're at uh what twenty eight thousand, twenty nine thousand subscribers on i want to thank you guys on youtube we've got multiple on soundcloud spotify you know we've got thousands more on those as well we want to thank you guys for following us continue to follow us uh please hit the thumbs up on the youtube share our content to everybody else you possibly can post our content wherever you can as well and look we also like when you guys hit us up in the comment section and say positive things and give us questions as well that we potentially can talk about <laughs> and want to clarify i am not a dana hater you heard it here first i've already said why i'm not a dana hater and i do uh, I do respect him, do appreciate, and I'm actually very thankful for him right now because guess what? 
We have, we have fights. fights, baby. We got fights. You can't be mad at that. I can't be mad no, at that. You got to love him for that. I did an interview this uh, today with the kid from Ireland, uh, IG, like an Instagram live kind of thing. Um, just kind of, he was talking to me about how he wanted to be an analyst moving forward, kind of work as a, you know, a MMA kind of reporter, that kind of thing. I was like, all right, cool. So I hit, you know, I said, I'll do his show. Uh, great content. We talked a lot today. And I mean, it really just comes down to when we talked about the last couple of weeks, Fighter Island and this and that, I said, look, I wasn't trying to throw, I'm not trying to throw shade. You, I know you were not trying to throw shade because you got a lot of respect for the UFC and, and, De and you have a lot of respect for Dana. You guys have, everyone has, we all have our own issues with Dana, but the respect, <laughs> the respect issue with him is he's doing something right now that I think is now is the appropriate time that we have fights. I agree. Back when he talked about Fighter Island, and I said, look, there's a lot of things you have to take into consideration. And I said that today when that I was talking with... There was a lot of things that you just have to put into place. You can't go to an island where there's only 1,500 people. And you go there, and they have a hospital, you, they have hotels, they have resorts and all that stuff. That's great. But people that live on those islands, they're not going to want people from other countries, other states, whatever it is, to come there and potentially infect their the people that live there permanently. And so when you do that, that would make a difference on how this whole fighter island would get established. Now, if you went to make a full fighter island, we just saw Firefest and what happened with them. I don't know if you saw that documentary, how they try to put a concert together. It was like a two years in the making and nothing got done. What do you think is going to happen? Hold on, you try hold on, to put hold it. What do you mean nothing got done? Well, they had well, they got done. Those guys went to jail. Yeah, they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> yes. Those guys are, yes. So, my, my, what were you going to say, Dave? I was going to say that's not COVID related, though. So, it's not really like a good no, comparison. It's not COVID related. No, but what I'm saying, though, is they try to do something like on an island. And when they, they it couldn't, they it couldn't put it together. Yeah, but that required fans. This doesn't require fans. Yeah, and they had a lot of people that paid a lot of money to go to those events. Yeah, what but I'm that saying was this, I agree. But what I'm saying, you're missing the point. The point is, is if they were going to make this happen, I'm in awful. I'm in full support of Fire Island now. You want to know why? Because they can do Fire Island now in a lot of these places. And I, I give the example today. I went to Cook Islands. Okay, and I, when I went to the Cook Islands, they had a little island there called Atutaki. Atutaki was a beautiful island surrounded by a lagoon. They actually had a small little island there where it's called Barefoot Island. Well, that's where they filmed uh, Cook Island Survivor, the TV show. That island there is inside the lagoon as well. Beautiful spot. 1,500 people on the main island of Atutaki, but Barefoot Island is not habited. It just had just the Cook Island Survivor people there. But they've got a little, like, couple little shit. They've got, like, a couple restrooms. they got, you know, it's got little things for stuff. I thought you were they have a couple little, little shitters there. Yeah, they do. They have some <laughs> bathrooms there. But I'm saying they could build an actual event place, like, on something like that. They could build something there and then also be so close to Atutaki, which is just a, a quick little boat ride over to the main island, which was, like, maybe five, ten minutes to get there. And you would still have a hospital there. You've got churches there. You've got restaurants. You've got nice resort places there. But there's only 1,500 people on that island. Now, if you were to do Fighter Island, which I think is very feasible now to do, that is something I could see happening. I think Fighter Island is a great idea. But at the time we were having this conversation two weeks ago, it's not hate. It's not salt. It's not shade. Whatever you want to call it. It's not those things. It just wasn't feasible to think that you would put other people in jeopardy to do a Fighter Island situation. I think now I would love to see Fighter Island. And it's not only other people. You can't put fighters in jeopardy yeah, that's by doing it. When, when I say that, it's a matter of nobody. 
nobody associated with mixed martial arts from the top, Dana will say, or down, you know, can afford or wants a fighter to get into a position due to a fight where now their life is in jeopardy. Yeah. And you do everything you can to make sure that that doesn't happen. But those things do happen and you have always got to have it in place that you have the ability to get that fighter the immediate medical attention he needs on the location and then that immediate yeah. medical attention at a hospital. And so that hospital has to be within a, you know, a fairly short distance. The longest that we'll normally get is, you know, you can get 20 minutes from the arena to a hospital. And that's, you know, in some, some places you'll get that and that's a long ways and that's a lot of time. And that time can work against you in making something go from bad to worse or from bad to, okay, we're getting better when we get that attention because yeah. it's five minutes away. And and now they're getting that medical attention five minutes. So when you're, when you're the promoter and look at Dana has thought about this, he has said, okay, how are we going to do this where we you know can get the fighters medical attention the way we need to get it to them. If something happens, you know, that's going to be part of the equation of how he's able to make this thing work. Because if he doesn't have that, yeah. he can't do fights. He knows that. He's not a dumb man. No, he's not. He knows the fight game, and he's not going to take the chance because all it's going to take is one in the UFC. It's a bad thing for the entire sport. We've had a lot of injuries. We've had deaths in MMA, but we've never had them in the big shows. Mm-hmm. It's always been small, regional, grassroots shows. A lot of times things that weren't done right. And, you know, knock on wood, this is something the UFC has always done very well is the protection and the safety of the fighters and medical uh, people there that are absolute top-notch to do the right thing. And that's I never see that changing from them. That's the real question of this fight island that's, you know, who, we still don't know where it is. It's not where you were saying you were no. talking about a, a different island, but wherever it is, they've got to have those things in place and close by for them to be able to do this. Yeah. Because Fight Islands, it is about, it's about international fighters. It's not about the domestic fighters you have in North America here. It's about guys, you know, you know the, the guys that are in different countries, in Sweden, in Russia, in England, you know, they're going to have a hard time getting into the U.S. It's not an easy thing for the U.S. Yeah. to do with, you know, the UFC to do with visas and everything right now. So that's what Fight Island is all about. And it's not a bad idea. Just can you make it work? I think they can. I think they'll find yeah. a location. I think during the summertime specifically, they'll find a location that will eventually work for them. You want to know why? Because everything that's led up to this COVID thing with the uh, COVID-19, they've said that like basically the sunlight, the heat, all this stuff will help kill COVID. So that makes oh, yeah. it easier for them to get into like, some sort of Beautiful. island that's in the Bahamas or wherever they decide to do it. It ain't going to be the Bahamas. Wherever. I like, but, I, but we, what are people coming up with the Bahamas? I don't know. It can, who cares? I don't give a crap <laughs> what island it's on. It's probably going to be an island with the sun. That's all that matters. That's so, all, it's got a sun. 
when it comes down to it, I'm excited the fact that they will potentially get this whole deal done. And I think it will be exciting to see. These fighters have been, they've been itching for years. Remember when Bodog did Costa Rica a couple times? Oh, yeah. I was so jealous, man. Bobby Southward, Trevor Prangley. Trevor Prangley was fucking fighting in Bodog, and I was so mad at him at the time. I was like, you're such a jerk, man, going to all these great plots. You know what I mean? I love Strike Force, but I was in San Jose. I'm like, damn it. I'm, I'm always I'm fighting in San Jose. So when it came down to it, I think really what it comes down to is when it comes to the fighters and the the CEOs or the promoters, you have Dana White, you've got Scott Coker, and you've got Victor Q, which are the two. I don't know who runs the PFL. Who's the who's the CEO of the PFL? Well, I mean, not the CEO, but the guy that they put out there in the front is Ray Sefo. Ray Sefo. So they just did a whole where they canceled the whole year, which yeah. I, I'm not sure was smart. I think yeah, they still should have had something, but they're a tournament style base type. Uh, so the, yeah. they want to make sure they can they can run it con, uh, consecutively or continuously. Yeah. yeah, concurrent. So they don't they don't the guys are not stuck or they they put something together and then it doesn't work out and they're stuck. Like okay, we got to wait till next summer. I understand why they did it because they are all tournament based. Um, whereas you know Bellator, sure we have a tournament, but we also have other fighters that are willing to fight at any time on the cards. We have the tournaments, so it's kind of a good little thing. But what you have with Dana, you got Scott Coker, you got Victor Q, and you've got Ray Sefu, who are pretty much just pr the promoter there. Those guys, they are putting the fighters first, and they're putting their safety first. And for all of you guys that are want to criticize John and I, I gotta tell you, man. Outside of all the, the trash talk that was going on during this whole UFC, trying to get Fighter Island going, and we're going to have a fight, and, and it was going to be at Tahachi Palace and all this. Sure, we threw shade. I wouldn't say we threw shade. We just talked the truth. But at the end of the day, I'm happy now because right now, even though we're getting these three cards that are coming up, this is the right time for it to happen. Florida is open. I'm excited for fights. I'm glad these guys are getting getting fights. I'm glad they're going to get paid. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for everything that's going on right now in the sport. You know, Bellator is supposed to be coming back in July. This, to me, is excitement because we're going to be stacked with just fights week after week after week after week. Sure, it sucked for six weeks, but we're ready. I'm ready. I'm sure you're ready, but I am so ready to get out of my damn house. <laughs> I'm just, it's just like pulling my hair out. But it's, uh, it's it's exciting news. I'm excited for these cards that are coming up. I'm excited for the fighters to get busy, for them to make money. I'm excited for for things to kind of get back to a little bit of normalcy. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I did a I did the MMA Junkie Radio with George and Goes, and they're doing it from their home. Yep. And they, you know, George was asking me about, you know, hey, you know. I heard that, you know, you were giving advice to officials and stuff, you know, that we're going to work 249. And I said, yeah, look, I, I talked to them. You know, they can take the advice I give them or they don't have to. But, you know, th there's a huge difference. And this is what the, the average fan just doesn't realize. They don't they didn't realize the significance behind what was occurring with UFC 249.1, I'm going to say, mm -hmm. which was going to happen at Tachi Palace. Yeah. To them, it's just a fight. It's a card. They didn't understand everything that was occurring that was all basically going against everything that the UFC has done hmm. for the last, eh, let's now say, 20, eh, 22, 22 years, where the UFC... You know, people talk about the UFC running towards regulation when Lorenzo and Dana and Frank bought it. That's just not true. They started running towards regulation after UFC 14. From UFC 15 on, 
the UFC was always going towards regulation, going towards the athletic commissions, going towards being regulated. And so no one could say that they were trying to do this backdoor thing. John, your audio cut. Yeah, there you go. They're always trying to do this backdoor thing. So now they were running towards regulation. That backdoor thing is never occurring. And then when Dana and Lorenzo got it, it was even more intense about we want to make everyone happy. And they got it you know, legalized in Nevada and all these different things. And this was the first time they were doing the backdoor thing. This was the one they were going, okay, the only way that we can put this show is we got to backdoor it. And that's what was so bad. And that's where you're looking you're going, man, you, you just can't do this. Yeah. You are doing something that's going to end up biting you in the butt. This is something that can be used against you later. And so, you know, the whole thing is now going to Florida, going to Jacksonville, I'm 100% behind the UFC yep. being able to put on a show. I'm 100% yep. behind any official who is asked to do that show. Go do it. You know, I told her, I've had guys, you know, I said, hey, man, if you get that opportunity, go take it. You know, that that is done by the Florida State Athletic yep. Commission. The UFC is doing everything right there. You know, there's nothing that you can say, oh, yeah, I'm I'm doing something that's shady. No, you're not. And so this is a completely different deal. Yeah. UFC 249.2, everything is being done above board as, as, as good as they can do it. I can tell you that Jeff Davison, the doctor, for the UFC, who I worked with for years. He was part of the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Great guy. Out, he was an outstanding ringside position. Great guy. Yep. He's working with Don Muzi, who is the actual president of the Ringside Physicians Association, who is another doctor who will be in Florida. You know, and they're they're putting together this thing that the UFC is gonna follow, that that's the protocol that they're gonna have in who's allowed in, what they're allowed to do. They're doing everything they can to progress, you know, the fights forward to start taking that step that we all need, you know, as just civilians. Hey, we got to get back to, to that normal, get back to, you know, doing things like we kind of did. Now, obviously no fans and stuff, but you can't ask for the UFC to be perfect. No, no one can be perfect. Nope. Not all many. You can ask is, all you can ask is for them to do the best job that they can do in keeping people safe. And that's what they're trying to do. I got to tell you this, though, not many people, if any, I can recall, have been able to slap down Dana White, but fucking Mickey Mouse was able to do it. And that <laughs> shit is. And fun. there is where they're saying Josh throws shade. So it's, it's shit, but that shit Mickey was funny. Mouse. When I heard Disney called and said, no, we got to put this shit to a stop. I was like, oh, Mickey just slapped down Dana. This shit is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I can just see the memes now. Anyway, Mickey Mouse is a bad dude. <laughs> He's a bad motherfucker. <laughs> a bad Anyways, you, he said, who the fuck is that guy? That's <laughs> a mean fucking mouse, man. He said, you'll fucking do nothing. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, it was good. So I think, I think, like I said, time is everything. This was the proper timing for them to start doing shows. And timing. Yes. The, yeah. yeah, the timing on this whole thing, it was perfect. And so I think... They've waited long enough. Yeah, exactly. And I and, and look, you see people... I mean, you live in Tennessee. I live in California. But you see people now. I mean, they're protesting 
like just start putting it in the hands of the citizens. Tell us, hey, we have to wear masks when we go out. Cool. We got to wear gloves. We got to start taking care of ourselves. Wash our hands, wash our asses, those type of things. Sure. We can do that as long as we can get back to work and start trying to make money to take care of our families. You're seeing a lot of that go on right now. And I think people have understood how serious this is after the first two weeks of the, the honeymoon stage of, oh, we're at home. It's like vacation. No, not anymore now. I mean, people are losing their businesses and their jobs and oh, yeah. they want to get back to work. And fighters are no different. Oh, yeah. You don't fight, you don't make money. And so when it comes down to like these guys getting busy, they all want to fight. And I, like I said, I will always say this is I'm on the side of the fighter. I'm on the side of the fight. If anytime they have an opportunity, a chance to make money, I'm all for it. There was that small four weeks where I was like, ah, you guys could be shooting yourself in the foot right now. Like you don't want to be yeah. involved in that show because if something goes wrong, you were part of it. And it just isn't one, something you don't and, want well, your and, name and, stamped and, on. And that as far as being part of it, if something went wrong, man, you are, you realize how many people you are now negatively affecting. Yep. It's not just the person that got it. It's not, they're just their It's everything associated with combat sports. So there's, a, there was a lot riding on it. It's a tough one. It's a real tough one. All right, well, let's let's talk these cards that are coming up because we've done we're done hyping up Dana and the UFC. We want to get right to just talking about the fighters now. <laughs> so, but no, it's been I'm excited. I'm excited for the cards. I'm excited for the fighters. I'm excited for people at home to get to watch some fucking sports. I'm excited well, for all those things. We got Tony and Gaethje. You got to love that fight. But I, I, man, I'm telling you, I thought that Gaethje coming in on that last minute that was a good good opportunity for him. Mm -hmm. Yes, I don't think he had the training, you know, that he needed to keep up with the pace if that fight went, uh, you know, yeah. any any amount of time. But given the fact that Tony has now had the ability to go and kind of tailor his training towards a completely different fighter than what he was going to be facing in Khabib, now he is prepared for Gaethje. It's a different it's a different outlook on the fight for him. Really? Well, tell me what your outlook is then. What wow. you're saying because now he's had more time to prepare for Tony. Like you think there's more. I thought that what? I thought that I thought that Gaethje actually had a very good chance of Tony gets hit. Mm -hmm. And we've seen guys, you know, you know, Anthony Pettis. You know, Anthony Pettis put him down hard in the second round of his fight, if you recall. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and not only did he put him down hard, Tony was hurt. Tony got back up and he got put down again. Now he ended up coming back in that round. And putting it on, you know, Anthony Pettis, but he got clipped a couple of times. And Gaethje has the power, and Gaethje has that that go in the stand-up where he just, if he hurts you, he doesn't back off and he starts going after you. Now, Tony does, you know, a lot of Grammy rolls and different things out of it and stuff. But I just looked at, it, I said, well, you know, if you're if you're looking at a guy that has been training for someone in Tony Ferguson. And he's been training for Khabib. And he's been training all of this grappling and all of this stopping of a takedown and all of this ground. And now he's going to fight the guy that doesn't even try to take him to the ground. He's going to try to stand and, and bang with him. Wait a second. Wait a, a second. Are you saying? Are you fight? saying Justin Gaethje is going to win this fight? No, I'm saying now Tony Ferguson is going to win this fight. I thought. Oh, that I thought for had a chance. <laughs> okay. With the, with a couple weeks notice that he was going to do it, I thought that's actually good for him. Got it. That puts him in a position where Tony's been training for something completely different. Now Tony's had just a little bit more time. He's been able to adjust what he's been looking at, okay. and he's come up with a game plan. This is a much better time for 
Tony Ferguson to face Justin in this situation now that he's had that time to take away what he did with Khabib and put all this plan into fighting someone that does what Justin Gaethje does. I thought for a split second there you were saying that Justin was going to win this fight. Justin has a chance. There's no doubt he has a chance. He has a puncher's chance. chance. There's no doubt he has a chance. And like you said, Tony does get hit. I just, like I said, the more time we've said this, I think we said this a couple weeks ago when we talked and broke down this fight a little bit, is that, man, Tony just five rounds. I considered, I consider there's guys that I've trained with. There's, and myself, I consider myself one of the guys that try to always make sure you're in the best of shape. And he just, he just fights at a pace that's a pace. It's, you can't, it's hard to match. Not only is it hard to match, don't get me wrong, he gets tired. He does slow well, down does, a little but bit, he pushes past but it. he pushes past it. He just, but in that, in that, that potentially can get you in trouble because there are moments where you just, as a fighter, you realize you can keep going and you want to break them. You want to break them. That was the position I caught myself in with him was when we were in the third round. I got dropped in the second and the third. I'm like, just push past it, push past it. He'll make a mistake. You'll make him make a mistake. He didn't make the mistake. At least when he did, I wasn't fast enough to get to it. You know what I mean? But it's it's there. The mistakes will be there. If he gets hit clean, though, by Justin, that was one thing I never had was I never had power. So when you fight someone like him, Justin Gaethje's got the power in the third, the fourth, and the fifth round to put Tony away. If Tony leaves himself open for a split second, there's that chance he can get caught and get clipped and get knocked out because he's okay with sometimes taking a shot to give a shot or two. You can't afford to do that with him at pretty much third, fourth round. I mean, we haven't—I haven't seen him go into the five and look impressive. I've only seen him against Buscapi when he fought in New York on New Year's Eve. Was it New Year's Eve? Yeah. What two years ago? Three years ago? Um, I saw him. Out there. He didn't look great in that fight. He looked like he was slowing down. Yeah, I thought he lost the fight. He had trouble. Be, in I that thought fight. he was losing the fight. Sorry, they stopped the fight. Yeah. But I thought he was losing that fight. It was one of those fights where. You know, I mean, like, he's got all the ability to beat Tony. There's no doubt about that. I think it definitely benefits him um, with the longer time, but it also benefits Tony for him to get prepared for someone like Gaethje. I'm going to always go to probably going to go towards Tony because even before I fought Tony, I was the guy that always like, oh, he's not that good. He's not that good. Like, he does this. He's hittable. He's he, he can be taken down. He's all those things. He is. And I've said this about him when, he, when I said he was going to fight uh, Khabib. He's all the things that he'll give you a position to take a position. He doesn't care where he goes in the fight. And those are the most dangerous guys to fight. Whereas with Justin, if you rock him and hurt him, he doesn't use his abilities. He doesn't use his wrestling. He, he very rarely, until he, he kind of a couple fights, he will, he'll use his leg kicks. He's got some of the best leg kicks in the game. People talk about hard it. You can see kick. it. They're hard and they're vicious. He just doesn't use them enough. He's got all these tools, but he uses one. He uses his heart and his chin. And that's, I mean, like two, sorry, two. Math, see, there's math again. I was going to go, there's, there's that math, math again. There's that math again. Just crushing. Not, yeah, not very good at it. Anyways, <laughs> those two things, sure, you're a fan favorite, and I'm a f- huge fan of you. Oh. But come on, man, use your kicks, use your wrestling. I want to see you. I want to see everything about you that makes you great. I haven't seen that yet. If he uses that against Tony, I think he's got a better chance of winning. Will he do it? I don't know. Uh, you want to see, I think about this. If if you're Trevor Whitman training with Justin Gaethje, do you want to see Justin Gaethje hit the ground with Tony? I don't know. 
Yeah, I do. No, I don't. <laughs> just, I don't. I don't know. Because I don't there's know. just too many elements down there that my guy can get caught. My guy is not yeah. a submission guy. I don't know his submissions. I know his wrestling's good. I don't know his submissions. His wrestling's really good, but he's not a submission guy. Yeah. I'm not saying, you know, I didn't go back to that fight you're talking with Wiscopi. Look, look at what happened when it, when it hit the ground. He had problems. And so it's telling you, uh, you know, that's not his strong suit. His strong suit is he is he's he's like the the lightweight Chuck Liddell. He's a guy who will sit there and he's got he's got some big power in his hands. He uses his wrestling to normally keep the fight where he wants it to be. And he just marches you down and takes his time and just puts a pressure on you that breaks people and hurts people. You know, he doesn't he puts a lot more pressure than Chuck used to. Yeah. But he's also facing a guy that does that exact same thing. So when they go and he's they're going to meet in the middle. And... He's also 60 pounds lighter. That's why he goes forward. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, look, that's what lightweights do. You know, like they, they're normally in great shape. They normally push the pace. And I mean, obviously, because I was a former lightweight, that you know, we're just better fighters in general. I mean, oh, than... Jesus, I knew you were going to say that, man. I, I, I say like, that oh, to God, all lightweights. All here lightweights are all just, we're, we're way better to watch fighting. World. We're the greatest. We're I, I the say guy. it. We're the guys. We they, they are. They really are. Think about it. I mean, like, what, what's going to be? 28 no, 27, 28 no. Come on. Best best fighter in the game right now, I think, you know? Anyways, oh. <laughs> got to be that way. Undefeated in the hardest division there is. I'm, Dude, you re you realize I am thousands of miles away from you, and, and I'm filling my whole room is filling up with shit. Yeah, because I'm just it's trolling getting it. deep. I'm, I'm trolling it's, the shit dude, out of you. Deep here. I'm trolling the shit out of you, and I can just see Dave over here just rolling his eyes right now behind the camera. <laughs> um, Tony is just the unknown. It really, to me, like it comes up to be in the unknown. When I did all the research on him, when I fought him, I was like, man, he gets hit a lot. His takedowns are not that great. His takedown defense isn't that great. But then when you look at it, because he, he doesn't care. He doesn't care if he gets taken no. down. He doesn't care if he takes you down. He doesn't want to work really hard on things because there's no reason to because he's good on the feet. He's good on the ground. He's good on his back. He's good on top. He's good everywhere. He doesn't need to worry about where he goes. There you go. And so when I was doing my research, I'm like, that's dangerous to think because I, I that's the one thing. When you look at guys like... I look at GSP. He wasn't the best wrestler. He wasn't the best stand-up guy. He wasn't the best kickboxer, the best boxer. He wasn't the best jiu-jitsu guy. He was good at everything. And when you're good at everything, it doesn't matter where you fight because all it's, these guys, they have a special, majority of the guys have a specialty. They're good at boxing. They got heavy hands. They got good grappling, but they're not good at everything. They're good at one thing or two things. And so GSP was good at everything. And that's what made him so great as a fighter. And I think Tony is that same guy. He's good everywhere. And Justin, he's probably good everywhere. Maybe not as good, definitely not as good as on the jujitsu part. But his wrestling is probably good enough to stuff and take down Tony. His boxing yep. is probably better than his. His kicks are probably harder and better. But does he mesh it and put it all together better? Probably not. Probably not. Tony's good all the way around. And I think I think as long as Tony fights a, I can't say smart fight because Tony doesn't fight smart. Tony fights the way he wants to fight. You know, it's true. When you're good everywhere, it's not really being smart. It's just like, hey, I'll take one to give one, but I'm going to try to do this and do that, and do that. He has the abilities to do things that normal people would not do. He threw his push kick from fucking seven feet away. And even though it didn't land on my stomach, it still sh fucking killed my forearm. 
I kid you not, for three weeks, I couldn't put my forearm down on the, on the counter. Like every time you eat, right, you don't put your elbows on the, on the table. Well, my forearms would touch the table. I'm like, oh, it just was brutal. It was brutal. There's things that he does that sure you take for granted. Like, oh, that wasn't bad. That doesn't hurt. That wasn't this. But he does it so well. I just can't count him out, man. I can't count him out. I'm going to pick Tony on this fight. Who are you picking? Yeah. I got Tony. I'm going to hold you to it. You go ahead. If you're holding me to it, you're thinking yeah. the same pick. I know. I wish I, I could go against you. Uh, I just, I, I think also, too, when you get into a camp, I've done this a couple times because I've fought on a couple times short notice, is that the shorter camp, like a week or two, is sometimes better than the four-week and five-week camp. You want to know why? Because that first two weeks, you really get into it and you're really sore. And then you don't really have enough time to amp up and get a full camp in. So you try to sometimes overdo it. You sometimes end up getting hurt or having little tiny injuries that add up because your body wasn't really training before that all that well. So in a two-week camp, you realize, I don't really have a lot of time to do a whole lot. So let me just run, get in shape, and maybe do mitts. Maybe just spar once a week. You kind of dial it in and focus, which I'm surprised we don't do that more often. That was one thing I didn't <laughs> seriously in my mind after I fought a couple of times. I was like, man, I felt so good on the short two week camp. Why don't I just? I need. Train I need to do that all the time. Yeah. Why don't I? But I never did though. I <laughs> just always three times, four times a day. It just. It was. I think now he's had more time that it could potentially work against him. Justin, that yes. is. So Justin. I think Tony's got a good chance. Uh, what other fights on that card? Oh, you talking about Dom. Oh. You got Dom and Henry. Come on, He's man. Getting, That's he, my fight. Dom's getting brutalized right now. People are like, oh, he doesn't have a chance. He doesn't have oh this. I'm like, dude, 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 I could listen to Dom Cruz talk smack to his opponents and what he says. Did, did you hear what he said about Henry? He says, oh, man, look at him. He's got, he's, there's nothing there. He was taken out of high school. He's put in the Olympic you know, Center to, to win. He, all he is is a gold medal. That's all he is. And after a while, I'm listening to it. I'm going, damn, if I didn't know different, I'd think he's right. You know? It's, <laughs> it's like, he's almost got me convinced, and I know he's full of shit. Yeah. But I, he, the guy can talk, man. He just talks and goes, and all, all of a sudden you're going, yeah, yeah. You know, but that's a, you know, I, I've, I've, I have seen where a lot of people have complained about that fight. Uh, there is no complaint. Yes, no. he hasn't fought in a long time, almost four years. Yes, you know, there are other guys out there, the Peter Yawns out there. They do des he does deserve a title shot. Yes, Al Jermaine, I think, is there and deserves a title shot. There's other guys. But you can never complain that mm -mm. Dominic Cruz is getting a title shot. <clears throat> I'm sorry. You can't complain. That guy held on to that title for a long time. He has been a standout in that division for a long time, and he deserves he deserves that that title shot. You know, I, I just don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think the UFC is wrong for it. I'll I will pay to watch that fight anytime because it's just yeah. a good matchup. I can't wait for it. GSP comes back and says, "I want to fight Bisbing at 185." Everyone's like, "Shut the front door. Let's fucking have this. Let's see this fight." Yeah, There's guys, you do that for. Dominic yeah. Cruz is that guy. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. There's just guys. There's guys you do it for. Peter Yarn, I think he definitely deserves a title shot. But to me, his most notable victory is over Uriah. Uriah. And I, even though Uriah is not the Uriah that we know of, the Uriah from old, it still wasn't enough for me to think like, sure, I think you, talent-wise, you deserve the title shot. But you need to get a little bit more publicity. You need to be a little bit more on that bigger stage, a bigger 
echelon of guys of, of winning before the fans will tune in. And the UFC is doing this right. You guys, there you go. See, a compliment. UFC is doing this right. <laughs> they're doing it right. They're putting Dom no, out are. there right now. They're having I Peter Yawn fight someone else. And they'll have Sterling fight, whatever. They'll, they'll have these guys lined up to fight. And their cream will rise to the top. Get these yeah. guys some more followers. Get these guys some more publicity. And then we're ready to have you guys fight Henry Cejudo. It all makes sense. The UFC is doing this right. They're putting the, the guy who has the biggest name in that division right now to fight him for the title. It makes perfect the sense. Name, the biggest background. <clears throat> yep. The the biggest resume. He's got it. Yeah. There's there's you cannot there's I don't care what you say, you cannot sit there and say that Jan's got a better resume or Aljamain. Those are both great fighters. Yep. I I love them both. I agree. But they you know, their resume doesn't match up to Dom's and and that's the fight that's going to sell and I agree with the UFC doing it. I <clears throat> I can't wait to watch that fight. I think it's going to be a good fight. I think Henry has a lot of things going his way that Dom's going to have to deal with. Yeah, There is a huge speed advantage yes. for Henry Cejudo. Huge. huge. And everyone thinks that Dom is fast. You nope. got no idea. Nope. Stand by. So it, there's a lot of things that, that Dom's going to have to deal with that are going to be mm -hmm. tough for him. But it's going to be a fun matchup. Yep. No, I agree. So who you pick it, Henry? Yeah, I think Henry's the favorite. Yeah, you know, and, and if Henry fights smart and he does the right thing, you know, Dom Dom gets a lot of takedowns off of mm -hmm. his unorthodox, you know, stand up and the way he moves and the way he gets people off balance, and then he'll he'll shoot a takedown and he'll just pop right back up. He just he wants you to have to think about it, and have to deal with it. Smart, you know, all, totally smart. He's one of the smartest I, fighters. He's in the, not he's in not going to be able to do those same things with Cejudo. I think it's also, not gonna work but I think the threaten it though is still keeps oh, Henry's sure. hands back in his face. Nothing wrong with nothing wrong with threatening no. it. You know, no. make him have to deal with it. Absolutely, I, I just don't think it's going to be a tactic that's going to be successful. In that he's going to get him to that ground. No, he won't get him and, to the ground. The one thing that concerns me about what you're talking about is that out of the exchanges of him trying to get the takedown, which I think he should threaten them, is the speed of Henry to actually capitalize on the break. The, you got to be careful. Dom's got to break out of that with his guard up because Henry's faster. Henry, he understands, look, I can defend this takedown and put you in a position where I can actually capitalize off of what you try to do offensively. That scares me a little bit, even though I want Dom to mix it up because that'll keep Henry's hands here loyal and it'll, it'll make him be a little bit more hesitant to throw his hands and his kicks. The speed definitely is a huge factor. Cody Garbrandt was faster than, than Dom. Henry's going to be way faster than Dom. Yep. Dom, I, I getting older. I just think fight IQ though is so hard to match with him. So hard to match. He finds a way to almost always win. It, it is. That's an advantage that he brings into yeah. this fight. Not, not that Henry has not fought very well in you know his fight against Demetrius Johnson. Look at Henry Cejudo showed a lot of fight IQ. Yeah. And he was a guy that had that. He had the stanky leg from the nerve yeah. getting hit where he couldn't control his leg and worked his way through that and then continued to do just the right things <clears throat> to create problems at times for Demetrius. And he's, dude, he's got that inside trip. I, man, yeah. I, it's like, it's picture perfect. It is so good the way that he, if he, if he's able to get just an underhook and a hand on you, He's got the ability to get your butt onto that canvas with the way that he pulls that inside trip off. And he leans it different directions. It's just fantastic. So 
there's so many things going for Henry in this fight, but you're right. I think fight IQ is what can get Dominic into a position to win the fight also. You know, he, there, this is not where I think uh, there's no way Dominic's going to win it. Dominic can win this fight. Yes, he Dominic can win yes. the fight. Yes, yes, Dom can win the fight. <laughs> let me let me just touch base on a couple of things. We talk. Dom, I think I give the advantage to the fight IQ to Dom, hundred oh, percent. Just over the yeah. years of experience, overall, absolutely. But here's the thing that I'm gonna from the fight IQ. The one thing that Dom can't do, Dom can't do what Henry Cejudo did against Marlon Moraes. He can't bite down on his mouthpiece and just walk him down and just not worry about the takedown. Henry Cejudo, I don't think Dom can take Henry down. I think when it comes down, if Henry just walks him down, walks him forward, I don't think Dom's able to stop him. I think if Henry just walks down, like he, if he has to bite down on his mouthpiece, realizing he's losing the first two rounds, you, if we see the Henry Cejudo that fought Marlon Marais, like the one that just says, you know what, if, I, if my game plan's not working and make the adjustment to be a winner, fuck, that's dangerous. Like oh, I, Dom, yeah. Dom can't make those adjustments because he can't go very much. He can't make the changes. He can't because, get it. He, well, look at he's got his style, and yeah, he can't go out of that style. He can't. And if Henry just realized, like, look, you're touching me too much, I can just walk you down, and you can't take me down. I'm gonna touch you, touch you, and keep going. Oof. I mean, he can fight his way. He fought when he fought uh, DJ Demetrius Johnson. When he fought him, he can fight that way. Touch, touch, kick, kick, touch, touch, kick, kick. Couple takedowns here and there. Cool. But if shit's not going his way, we saw what happens when he saw what he did against Marlon Marais. He said, you know what? This shit ain't working for me. I'm just going to walk you down. I'm going to show you my heart and my balls. And I'm going to let you feel it all. And he did. That was fucking amazing. And I'm saying Dom can't do that. He doesn't have that in his toolbox against someone like Henry. He just doesn't have it. You can't take him down. You can't out. I don't, speed's not there. How are you going to make those adjustments? Fight and you're not, even there, bring, you're not even bringing up the opponent that, you know, who took you know, the title when Dom ended up getting injured and then TJ, he comes yeah. and takes it. Now, TJ and Dom had a five-round fight, and I thought Dominic won because he won the rounds early, and then Ooh. TJ was coming on, and the fight ended when TJ was taken over. Yeah. No doubt about it, but he lost that. He lost that title to Dom, but how fast did uh, Henry Cejudo put TJ down? Yeah. Okay, look at yeah. there's 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 little elements here you're looking at in that Marlon Marais fight, DJ fight, TJ fight. Three of those fights. Man, I'm telling you, back to back to back as they're going and who he's taking on, their level of ability and accomplishments. Then you get into the strength and power that he gets himself through by just biting down and making a guy wear himself out trying to put him down. Dominic's going to be better use that fight IQ. He's, he's going <laughs> to need it. Look at athleticism-wise and just speed, Dom cannot stay with Henry. No. Yeah, he's, he's got to use that fight IQ. He's got to use the footwork. He's got to use the movement. He's got to keep him on the end of that jab, that switch stance, always make him think. He's got to do that. I mean, I don't look at the, the TJ Dillashaw fight as a as a, like a leader or something to fill in to say, like, hell, you know, Dom beat him. And it just was one. I don't look at that fight at all because him cutting the weight down to 125, it obviously affected, like, yeah, his chin it affected him. I don't look at that fight at all. But I do look at the fact that the speed, the age, all those things play a big factor. You know, because I lived that lifestyle for a while. Like, you see that it does. I do realize the speed and the and the and getting older will play a factor in this fight. Henry's a fucking animal. 
You don't win an Olympic gold medal with that Asian. He won it at, and then think that he's not a winner. He's a fucking winner from from top oh. to bottom. He's a winner, and he and showed look that. Who he works out with. Yeah, I mean, look at who he's training with. Yep. the dude is training with fucking killers, yep. and he's only getting better. Better. Yep. Okay, what's next, there's, Mike? There's a reason why he's the double. He was the double champ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I call him the. We so also call him Triple C just because it sounds good. It floats <laughs> off the tongue better than double champ. Yeah, Triple C sounds good. What other fights on that card? Uh, Francis and Gano versus Rosenstruck oh, is next. Rosenstruck. <laughs> Rosenstruck. He doesn't. We got so much criticism for the way we said his name last time. I, you know, I don't what? even know. I thought it was Rosenstrike. I make apologies to oh, every man. fighter that I screw up your name like Calvin mm. and Rosenstruck. Hey, I'm not an English major, so I don't give a shit. I'm not apologizing to any of you fighters. Yeah, <laughs> you been saying my last name wrong for years. Fuck them. Oh, I'm no, saying yeah. <laughs> we don't say it wrong. We you spell, spell it name. wrong. Well, no, they spell still say wrong. Tomp. Tomp. There's Pomp. no P in it. Pomp. There's no Thompson. You're from Scotland. Tell them how it's really spelled. No, but the, we spell it both ways in Scotland. Oh, you guys are fucked up too then. It came from there. It should be no no P. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, I don't think I don't think Rosenstrike gets out of the first round. It may go either. to the early second, but I think uh, I don't think it depends. Think, if they're hesitant, like on the feet, they're both afraid of each other's power. I can see it going to the second round. But if Engano just says, you know what, let's just throw down, I think he gets him out of there in the first round. Nengano's power is scary. <clears throat> Not that you know, <laughs> Go ahead, say his name. Whatever it is. Yeah, he's got power. But yeah. I watched Alistair Overeem last, you know, a, a half a round yeah. with Ngano, and I watched Alistair Overeem do it, have a really good fight until the last 15 seconds or yeah. so against Rosenstruck. And so I just look and I say, he doesn't have at this time the time in the cage mm -hmm. that he needs to fight Francis Ngannou. Similar to what I said about Francis Ngannou when he was going to fight Stipe Miocic. Mm -hmm. I said, I don't think that he has time in the cage that he needs, especially in the grappling area, to stay with Stipe. Yes, he can hurt him, but he's got to land that punch. And the thing that we learned from the UFC in the very beginning was sometimes it's not easy to land that punch. And these are both strikers. They're both going to be going after throwing big shots. And I just think that Nagano is the guy that's got, he's got the advantage. The speed, I think the power, maybe the power is mutual, but the speed to get there is going to be on Gano. Power side. is not mutual. You don't think so? Okay. okay. No. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know. There's always that guy. Outs There's always that guy. Outside There's of the, the Alistair Overeem fight, that's the first time I ever saw him fight. So I was like, oh, right, really? he's yeah, I'd never seen a fight before. I watched all the fights, but I'm like, he wasn't someone that ever stuck out of my memory. You want to know how bad it was for me when I go and I'm, I'm going to finally, I'm going to referee this guy and I, I'd watch him. Like, Dude, this guy can swap, man. He does a submission. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> You're like, damn it. I got like, fucking the, the best seat in the that? house and I got to fucking watch <laughs> you do submission. No, I think... Um, the speed, the power, you're saying Ngannou's got the bigger power, but I think a lot of that comes from the speed to get there faster. You know, the snap and the power on that, the speed is a huge factor. Speed kills. They're sayings like that. They stick around because they're true. They're true. They are true. And he's got it all, man. And Gano, I, I got to tell you, it's scary. It's scary to think that if he snaps this guy's head back, it's over. It's done. I mean, there's nothing There's nothing stopping him from getting the title shot after that. You got DC and you got Stipe. Fighting for the title whenever this whole thing happens. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Ooh. Ooh. Rosen your boy, I know, I but I just don't see it. Yeah. Is it Rosenstruck? Strike. 
Strike, yeah. Frozen Strike. Thank you very well, the, much. The reason why I was saying that I thought it was I thought it was Rosen Strike also, but I only got that from John Anik. But I, <laughs> but I, I see people say I've heard a couple of people on the ESPN I've, uh, I've heard it both ways. broadcast uh, Rosen Struck. So uh, anyways. Rosen Struck, Rosen Strike. It is what it is with the difficult name, hey. <laughs> um yeah, Ngannou's not Ngannou. easy. I think Ngannou is, yeah, we've heard of his name enough, though. Like, like I said, I had never <laughs> seen this guy fight until the Alistair Overeem fight. I thought he was a little slower. I thought he was like kind of like very flat-footed. He had a little bit of that just straight like kickboxing, boxing style of like, I'm just going to walk you down one punch, okay, one, think, two, three, just, four punch. I, just think about it. Think of his fight with Kane. All right? You know Ngannou? How. Yeah. Yes. Oh, think about it. You've seen you've seen Kane train how many times? You've seen him fight. Can can he take a shot? That's not the same Kane. Oh, stop! It's the you same human being, man. Same human being. No, and he you got cannot. You he cannot. got he got touched, and that's the power that that guy. has. No, I agree. He has the power, but that's not the same Kane. That's not the same. Oh Kane. man, look at no you! Way. No hey, way. Hey, talking about Kane, man. The WWE. What's up? What's I... up, podcast, Dave? The WWE drops Kane Velasquez. Well. Go ahead. Well, they, they, they signed him to this multi-million dollar or whatever deal. I'm sure it wasn't multi-million. That they but it was away. a big money deal, yeah. and uh, and you know they can't afford to like give him that money right now. Well, they're not. Yeah, using yeah. Him. I, I mean, from what my understanding is, is that um, without giving you guys too much information, is that he'll be back. It's just there right yeah. now. There's a little bit of a downhaul with the events that they can do, and so they're this really just on hold. And it's so. the Saudi Arabia deals were big, were big money, and they, yeah. were, they were using them for that. So you know they're not going to do any Saudi shows until further notice. Yeah. So a, lo a lot of the money, like you said, Saudi Arabia, but there was also like a lot of shows that were supposed to be done in Mexico as well, mm -hmm. and nothing's being done like internationally right now that they can do. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of their big deal. So from what I understand, he, he'll be back. So it's good for I mean whatever. I mean he would honestly, I got to tell you. He wouldn't have left the UFC or he wouldn't have had left the opportunity to be traded potentially to somewhere else for something that wasn't going to be solidified for sure for a couple of years. From what from what my conversations with just him and also like other people. So from what I understand. So hopefully I'm hoping it all works out. I, I mean, you never I hope know that works for him. Yeah. I do. I do as well. I do. as Scare, well. It scares me when all of a sudden a guy is figuring out something, gets it. Works hard for it, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's taken away. Well, first off, you're never going to find, I don't think you're going to find another guy that's 250 pounds that did, what's that, the little helicopter? Hurricane. Yeah, whatever, the Hurricane thing. Brock Lesnar did a shooting soft press off the turnbuckle. What? I don't even know what you're talking about. Was that even English? Also, you just spoke a second ago. What also, was that? <laughs> Brock beat Kane last year. Shut the front oh, door. Jesus Christ. Would you stop so, Brock beat so Kane? If Kane can't stop, win a fight in WWE. Stop, hey, Kane. Dave. Kane beat him in Jesus. real life, buddy. I just yeah. want to let you know that Kane beat him Here, real blood. You want to see? You want to see what happens in the in the real world? Go ahead and watch <laughs> Kane versus uh, Brock Brock in the UFC. That'll mm. tell you what the real world's like. Did you referee that one, Josh? They have Josh? that on. They have that on Fight Pass for you, old time casuals. Okay. <laughs> hey, casuals! The casuals don't pay for Fight Pass. Casuals wait until it's free on YouTube. <laughs> they hack it. Actually, they, just, <laughs> they stream it. Fucking. Oh man! All right. So, what's the next fight? Um, so you're going with Ngannou? Oh yeah, same. Okay, God, I hate that we're kind of hey, on the same. Page. You know, Rosa strikes ten and all, uh, ten and all yeah. right now with nine knockouts. So I, I yeah. just don't want Josh to go discounting them because he has never heard of them before. Nobody likes you. <laughs> I figured this out. I'm, 
I'm, start, I'm starting to realize this. Nobody or likes at you. least <laughs> at least you're trying to make it so nobody likes it. Mm. Okay, hey, so real quick before we go on to the next fight, you guys hit up prowrestlingtees.com slash Josh Thompson official. We have a new shirt out. Also, our original logo shirt is there as well. This is my idea of a commercial for you guys. So hope you guys hit that, hit that website, hit that link, pick up our new shirt. Uh, a lot of people have actually been reporting saying that they like it, they like the design. And uh hope and you guys enjoy podcast it. Dave is on it, at least podcast part it. of him. Just part of him. At least yeah. part of him. You can see his ugly nose and his eyes from there. <laughs> Big I am not on the same side of the fence as Josh. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, so check that off. You guys can hit the subscribe button on YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, uh, Spotify, and Stitcher, correct? Yeah. So on all the platforms, we're all available of on all of them. So please hit that all up, and then we would appreciate it. We thank you guys for following us, and hope you guys enjoyed the rest of this show. We're not done yet. Whenever you're watching or listening as well, if you just scroll down a little bit to the, the description of the video or audio, um, you'll see the link right there. So you can just scroll down. We we'll wait. Oh, right. for the shirts. Yeah. Okay. We'll, perfect. We'll wait right here for you. Right. We'll just be waiting right here until they come back. Once they've got the shirt. No one likes Dave. <laughs> Uh, and also if you guys if you guys do purchase a shirt whether it's the logo shirt or the new shirt the design that's out please post a picture about it and we will retweet you repost you uh john and i love doing that no one really cares about podcast dave but we will do it for you okay uh what's the next fight the next fight is jeremy stevens versus calvin qatar calvin qatar you know oh, say that say that name again because you know we get blamed for saying it wrong. is it calvin I'll be in the dark. Some people say cater, some people Qatar. Qatar. Calvin Qatar. Calvin Qatar. Calvin Qatar. Now you're telling me that he's good on the feet. Extremely good. Way better than Jeremy on the feet. Tell me he's got the power, he's got the speed, he's got he's got all the talent and the ability on the feet. How is he on the ground? How is his wrestling takedown defense? His wrestling takedown defense is good. His ground game is not. It's 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 adequate. It's decent. He trains with good people. He knows the positions. It's not something he's going to go to. That's not his area. He knows where his strength is at, and that is in the stand-up. And he is going to technically pick you apart on the feet. You know, you could you could look at his fight against uh, Zabit, man. Mm. If that was going into the into a five-round fight, different story. He's coming on. He's turning on. He's picking him apart. Jeremy in this fight. Obviously, Jeremy, I love man. He has got power. He is a, just a fucking savage who just goes after it in the fight you just you know you look at his fight against yair rodriguez that says everything you need to know about jeremy stevens because he was having a hard time and just kept pressing forward and just kept making freaking rodriguez fight and that's who you know that's the little heathen he is a stud but god damn he's in for a tough fight with calvin calvin is good so with the calvin guitar fight when he fought Zabit, I feel like with Zabit, he's a technician. He's someone that doesn't make it a dirty, grimy fight. Can Calvin Guitar, because I don't know much about as much about him as you do, obviously, because we've we've had this conversation before a couple of times. I did his first fight in the UFC. Can he, he handle a in. tough and gritty, dirty fight, like a dirty boxing, Randy Couture-style fight? Because if Jeremy does that to him, not a lot of guys can take that kind of damage. Now, in a kickboxing uh, yeah, fight, it's different versus a gritty, dirty fight. His first fight, the first fight he had in the UFC, that and I did it, was against a guy that I really have a lot of respect for as a fighter. I think is very talented, and that's Andre Feely. Mm-hmm. Out of Team Alpha yep. Male. You know, Feely is good and, you know, can be on the ground. And this is where I said, look, 
Calvin's got a ground game where he can definitely defend. He knows what he's doing. Is he a guy that's going to submit you? No. But that fight told me everything I needed to know about the stand-up game of Calvin because he just picked Andre apart yeah. shots. And so I look at what Jeremy likes to do, and you look at what Jeremy does in the stand-up. Jeremy is a power-based fighter. He is not the guy that technically takes his feet, laterally moves and hits you and then backs off. No, he likes to come at you. He comes in linear fashion usually and hits you with big shots until you either hit that cage or back it off so then he has to re-engage and step off and then he starts his assault again. He's not going to be able to do that. This guy's too good on his feet and has too much technical skill to take what Jeremy normally does He's going to pick it apart. That's my my question. One of those was it can, can Jeremy make this a dirty boxing, dirty gritty fight? Press him in the fence, knees, elbows, dirty box, clinch the head, uppercuts. Can he make that type of fight against Qatar? Uh, because you know, there, there, there's always that pause. I don't look at Jeremy. It's not like Jeremy has that skill level of a. You said Randy Couture. Yeah, he cannot he cannot clinch and keep a clinch in that fashion? He doesn't yeah. have that skill set it's not that he doesn't throw he, he's got a clinch and he throws good knees in it it's not going to be enough gotcha. and i and i love jeremy i really do i and man I, I would actually you know i'd love to see jeremy do well in this fight and win the fight i just don't think this is there's those things that, that in matchups you you look at what someone does well and then you look at his opponent and you go god damn that's not a good matchup for you yeah you know who who talked you into into signing on that that yeah, fight. I think really what it comes down to for me, just on my side, because you you have a lot more experience with uh, Qatar, is that I look. I only saw the one fight with Zabit, and I'm thinking to myself, look, Zabit, look, sure, it was an opponent change, correct? Like, what, a couple weeks? Then they yeah. they changed opponents because it was only it was a main event. It was only three yeah. rounds. Three so rounds. something happened where he came in. I want to say last minute notice, uh, Qatar did. So it was a three round fight. <clears throat> Anyways, it should have been a five round fight because it was a main event. That didn't happen. Zabit is also someone who will stand on the outside, pick you apart with his length and his range, and use a lot of technique. But he'll also do crazy shit, you know, to make you think. And but keep... he has the he has the ability to bring the fight into different realms. Yes, he does because he brings it from okay. everywhere. He reminds yes. me. Of, not, I don't want to say he reminds me of Tony Ferguson, but he has the ability to take the fight anywhere he wants, yeah. like a Tony. Ferguson. I think he. I think he's very Tony Ferguson like, except he does not have the gas tank. Obviously, we just saw that in that fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the bottom, I mean, the bottom line is, is that like I said, I, I'm not saying that he, that Jeremy Stevens could be a Randy Couture, but I'm thinking that if you push, you take anytime you take a good stand-up guy, a good kickboxer, and you make it a dirty, grimy fight, it becomes a way harder fight for them. You know this, um, you know, and so I, I, I feel like every time I'm telling you something, you already know. That's I'm just trying to educate Dave. No, so that's that's really what it comes down to, because um, you know, you know, he's a WWE guy. Anyways, I just I want. I want people to understand that if Jeremy can do those type of things, utilize a couple leg kicks to get himself in, press the fence, punching, boxing, heavy shots, and make it a grimy fight, threaten the takedown, get him to the bottom, put make him carry the weight, it'll take some of the steam and the pop and everything off of the kickboxing. Um, all those things being said, it's still going to be a tough show. It's still going to be a tough <sighs> fight. It's a tough, 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 challenge. tough, tough challenge. challenge, tough task at hand to get it done. But 
What I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to go against you. You're going to go with Jeremy. Now, fuck yeah, I am. Fucking Jeremy. I'm a Jeremy nut rider, bro. He's fucking, (laughs) he's, he's, he is a a fucking real, he's a, I love watching him fight. He's just a fucking gamer. He's a gamer. Every fucking time he steps in there, I'll watch. I got nothing but love for the guy. I mean, I remember some of his first fights when he was cutting to 145. I, the UFC just got bought by strike or strike forces just bought. Uh, UFC just bought Strike Force. When that whole thing happened, uh, one of the fights him and I fought on, we were cutting weight together. He was just coming down to 45, and I was like watching him cut weight. I'm thinking to myself, God, that sucks. <laughs> that looks horrible. God, this poor sucks. guy. This poor guy. He was uh, miserable. He started cutting weight on fucking Tuesday. Uh, I was oh. like, who the fuck is this guy? No way, man. No way. And then, like, I saw how much you got. Oh, 22. Fuck you. No way. I'm not. No way am I cutting 22 pounds. No way. I don't think I, I think I, I never had a, I did, I did a couple times, but no way, man. No way. It was no miserable. Way. It's a disgusting. It feels horrible to feel like that. All right, so we're, we're going, we're going opposite. Yes, I'm going, go, I'm going, Jeremy. You're going with the heart, which I don't yep. blame you. I'm going with the head. Mm. I'm saying Calvin. Yep, Jeremy. I'm gonna go Jeremy. I'm, just, right. I'm a Jeremy fan, and not that I'm not. Right, a, dude, I'm I don't know enough about guitar to, to be a fan of his yet. I, I've cut yeah. weight with with Jeremy, so I'm a fan. Um, next, <laughs> it's 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 one of those things. You you, I just I'm friends. We've mutual. Once you cut away with someone, friends for yeah, you're, you, you suffer together. You understand what's going uh, dude, on, dude? There is suffering. <laughs> there in is. I suffer in this room all the time, and I don't. I'm not friends with you. Yeah, <laughs> I can call my maid. She can stop coming. And make your wife happy. Okay. <laughs> what do you want? All right, you want the next fight, right? Yeah, next fight. Uh, Unless you want to fight, let's go. Come on, cupcake. No, you're lucky. We have the social distance right now. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, uh, Greg Holiday versus Jorgen De Castro. Oh yeah. And uh, this Jorgen De Castro guys fought twice in the UFC. One of them was Dana White's contender series, mm. and. He's six and all right now with five knockouts. That's not fighting in the UFC. No. Next one. Just just so you know that you know, I just want to educate you. Okay. There, Dave. That is not the UFC. Well, like to... like when, when Kane was at the when Kane was at the WWE camp learning how to wrestle. That's not the that's not the WWE. <laughs> Still closer than any other promotion that's it's, clo- it's closer than you would ever get. But yeah, that's true. I agree. Okay. What what uh okay so what's the next card? What is there no is there a next card? Oh uh, yeah. What's um, the next card that's happening the day after the two forty nine? Well, so the just FYI, the prelims of this card has Pettis and Cerrone as the is the main event yeah, on the prelims. That's the main event. The main event. The yeah, prelims. it's the main event on the prelims. Yeah, it's smart though. It's smart that they're doing it that way. Oh, but you don't care to. No, no. Uh, you, let's talk. I mean, we've talked about this. You know, I, I think I'm going to change my mind. I'm going with cowboy. I'm going cowboy. All right, I like that. <clears throat> I'm going cowboy. The reason why I'm going cowboy is I, I just saw his interview and, and I'm going to touch on this again. I'm going to not done again. I'm going to touch on this. John, what did you get from his interview? When did you read, did you see it or hear it or listen to it? He said something it. about, Oh, I showed up at the event. I, I wasn't there. It wasn't cowboy. Cowboy's body was there, but I wasn't there. I'm now everyone's and, saying, and you, Oh, so Stephen you, A. Smith was correct. Bought. Huh? And you bought it. You bought that? Well, I I think who, there's times where we've shown up and I didn't want to be there. There's times. Of course. And, of course. and there's times where I've showed up and I've been like, I'm fucking ready to fight. 
and I wasn't ready to fight. <laughs> it was, you know what I mean? So there's times where I didn't want to be there and I won. And there's times where I got there and I was like, I'm amped. I'm ready to go. And I did wasn't ready to go. It just didn't happen. Like I said, you know, it just, it just nothing turned on. Okay, the lights turned on and me didn't. You know, the lights turned on, but I didn't. So it was, I get it. It was one of those, I can understand. But here's the thing. People, you guys are reading into this too much. The fighters go through a ton of emotions in one day. In one day, we feel, when the morning we wake up, I don't want to do this. Two hours later after we've eaten and we realize that it's fight day, we feel wonderful. Ready to go. Walking to the venue that same day, we're like, fuck, this is, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Did I trained, I started, I mean, you're thinking that I do all the things I needed to do. You show up, you start warming up. You're like, I feel like jello. I'm not ready to fight. Like, oh, I'm so, I, nothing's right. Nothing's right. You hit mitts, something lights on fire. You wrap your hands, all these things, right? There's little sparks throughout the night, the day that gets you going, that don't get you going, that, that you second guess yourself all day. You got, like, you, I, what I'm more upset, people want me to stop and say, because I've seen a lot of comments, admit that Stephen A. Smith was right. Fuck no, I'm not going to admit that. Bullshit. Shut was up. Right? He was He's not a right. Douche. No, he, he wants you guys at home to listen to his whatever that show is he does with Skip Bayless on his, it's called Taking Points or Talk Points or whatever <laughs> it is. Where it's like what Joe Rogan said. It's sound bites, man. It's clickbait. Yeah. They say shit to give you clickbait. We're talking about it right now because it's clickbait. You guys followed that thread and now you're from months later are still clicking on my show right now. It can say and basically she admits Stephen A is right. No. I'm not going to admit he's right. You want to know why? Because you do not ever discredit someone like Cowboy who's put himself through the ringer at every step of the way and every time has showed up to fight. It wasn't his night. What, That's what the fucking I, what, fight game. What did I tell you about Cowboy every time that I did one of his fights? He was a wreck. Every time. Every time. I used, It was like the first time that I walked back there and, and I, I'm, I'm watching him and I'm trying to talk to him and then I... And then I see he's talking to him. He's like, what, what the fuck am I doing? Right. And all this stuff. And I'm like, well, this is not the guy that I thought that I was going to be working yeah. with. Right. But then, then he went out and he had a great performance. Yep. And then I, I work with him again. And he's got the same thing. Goes out, has a great performance. And I go, oh, this is just his fucking yeah, thing. He just, routine. every time, man. You know, it's, he just goes through this progression. And it's, hey, everyone's got their thing. Yeah. But, you know, if you, go out there and you perform the way you want life's good if you go out and you get hit and you don't perform based upon getting hit with something that hurts you and he did well of course you're going to say well you didn't show up you know that that's that's just being human and saying i didn't that's not the guy that i am mm -hmm. yeah i believe that's not the guy that he is we've seen that's but, not the guy that he is but but the best cowboy that he could be was there that night it's just that that cowboy got hurt right away mm -hmm. and so his responses were based upon being a hurt fighter that's just the way fighting is and, and yeah. connor took advantage of it it doesn't change anything but i will say the one thing that i am seeing out of cowboy is he is getting slower yes and that's yep. the real difference he used to have a real snap mm -hmm. in his shots and, and that snap was just yep it's just not the same, and that's what I'm seeing. And, you know, the question is, you know, you can take a look at top-level fights, top-level fighters going against them. 
you know, he's already had the one fight with Pettis, and Pettis landed a beautiful body kick, and that mm-hmm. can that can take anybody out. So I take nothing from it or for it or give to it. But Pettis right now, he's in the same position as Cowboy. He's in that transitional phase. And it's a question of where is he gonna go? I thought Pettis made a mistake by going to 145. I yeah, think he he's better. I, th- I think he's better at 155. I think this is his weight class, but I think he's going to be at 170 for this fight. Yep. And both of them being at 170, I still think is an advantage overall for Anthony Pettis. Because Anthony's not going to be losing hardly any weight at all, and he's going to feel good. And the fact that I see Cowboy starting to slow down in mm-hmm. his, his, what he's doing and the way he sets it up and his just his ability to get it out there, it's just at a different speed level now, and that's why it's not touching the opponent like it used to. That's why he's getting hit by things that he did not used to get hit by. Mm-hmm. And right now, I, I love Cowboy. I, he's one of my favorite fighters to watch. Anthony Pettis is the guy that I think is probably going to win this fight. All right, so I, I took a bunch away from that. All I heard was like the, the teacher from Charlie Brown. Anyways, yeah, I just, I agree. I do agree that he, Pettis is, has the speed factor, I think, on him. I think Pettis has got a little bit more of the fluidity right now on his stand-up. He is, he's not slowing down as much as Cowboy is at this stage of his career. The one thing that I that I'm leaning on right now is for me, I'm making the decision is because it's pulling on my heartstrings and I'm leaning towards Cowboy. But there's Everything's that. pulling on your yeah. heartstrings today, I'm, I'm man. A, Look I'm at a you. little bit of a... You're Mr. Yeah. Sentimental today. That's yeah. why you're going with Jeremy. You better, and, you know, well, we cut weight together. And, you know, Cowboy, yeah. he's he's kind of yeah. older. And, you know, he's one of my guys. And, you know... Yeah. Capture this moment while you can. Because they come very few and far between, by the way. <laughs> so, it's all about the sentimentality. I think what it comes down to for me is there's that. Is that I am leaning that way because of the way it is pulling on my heartstrings. But I also think though too, is that he's got something to prove. I think as soon as he was able and willing and able to train again back at it, I think he's maybe doing something a little bit different for this fight. You're nice, shaking nice your try. head. No, nice as much try. as oh, yeah. I, as much oh, as yeah. I'm trying to yeah, believe yeah. it, you're probably, you're probably <laughs> right. Damn you. But, um, I guess realistically for me, I would love to see Cowboy win because then we'd see a third fight between the two of them. Because one, you know, Pettis got the first one, and then if Cowboy yeah. wins, we'll see the third one. And I think it's no better opportunity for these guys to have a trilogy than for that to happen because they're at the stage in their career where this is where legacies are built, like on things like this. You need to, I o- have always felt like you need to have a little bit of a nemesis, you know, or somebody that you fought two or three times. And I feel like this is a good, this is a good time and opportunity for these guys to put that on there. And, um, you know, Cowboy and Pettis, I think Pettis definitely has the movement, definitely has the speed, definitely, I think, has a little bit more of the technique. Um, but I think Cowboy, after his performance with with Connor, I think there's a lot of question marks there for him that he needs to figure out and answer. I, I'm thinking that he went back home and worked on that. You're, you shook your head no. You don't think so? No, you think no, he's no, going to no, keep no. his track and keep on doing what he's doing? But I I agree with you on one of your one of the comments you made is, I think having a nemesis is a great thing in yeah. the fight game. If you look at all great fighters, for the most part, Floyd Mayweather never really had a, a nemesis. In, no, he in, fought everyone after they were older. Well, smart man. But everyone kind of had that nemesis that was you know, great. You know, And Al, Ali and Frazier, you can look mm-hmm. at that in boxing. And then if you want to go into you know MMA, there's all kinds of trilogies. You know, they were there. You had the one, you know, Liddell and, and Couture. Yep. Those kind of things. They're special, and 
if that ends up happening here, I would be surprised because I just don't see Cowboy yeah. winning the fight. But, you know, it is that when you can match up with someone and it's such a good fight that uh, you need to do that again. Yeah. You know, Alvarez and Chandler had that in the two fights yeah. that they had. You know, that man, you know, a lot of people haven't seen those fights. God damn, both of those are unbelievable fights. Yep, they need you know? to go back so and watch them. It, it's just the way that certain guys match up. And it's when they match up, how good the fights are, you know, that, that makes it fun. So if that happens in this one and Cowboy comes out with a big win, I would love to see a third one like you're talking about. Yep. I think having a nemesis is a great thing in fighting. Yeah, I agree. I think so. Like, you don't Chuck, have to hate him. You just have to respect him. <clears throat> yeah, Chuck got lucky. He had two. He had Randy and he had Tito, you know, <laughs> that helped him a lot, yeah. you know. I Randy yep. wasn't so much a nemesis. He was just somebody that. Like, you know, Randy, I don't think it was a nemesis to very, to anybody. He just was the guy that people wanted to beat because he was always the champ. He was, the, yeah. he was always the number one, number two guy. It didn't matter which weight class he was in. What's another fight? Uh, Verdun versus Olenek. Yeah, we had this conversation. Oh, yes, we did. Olenek just can't stop Verdun. And, and he makes his living, uh, you know, in the that department. Makes his living, he makes his living off of submissions and it ain't going to freaking happen, dude. Yeah. Let me just, I, I guess I have to go back. We've we've had this conversation a couple of times about Verdum. Verdum, I feel like, is someone who rises to the occasion based on his opponent. There's times where he fights really good because he's fighting a top-level guy, and there's times he looks like shit. Like, sometimes he doesn't even seem like he trains. I'm just, I, I'm up and down with him. Like, no one ever thought he'd fight, he'd beat Fedor. No one thought he would beat Cain Velasquez. Like, there's just guys that he has gone, he's beat, he's beat a lot of the best guys. But then, oh, he, I can then tell he's you lost man. to guys, and you're like, oh, God. Like, who's you, how'd you lose to that guy? He called that Fedor fight. I'm telling yeah. you right now. Called it. It was like fucking Babe Ruth. Because I was, you know, I go in the back to talk to him. I did the fight. And that dude was so freaking relaxed, so happy to be there. He says, you watch, John. You watch what's going to happen. He says, I'm going to choke him out. I promise you. It's going to mm. be a choke. It's going to be a choke. And I was like, okay. you know, Just going to it. Man, it was like, well, that was not a lie. Yeah. Pretty impressive. I mean, had Fedor stepped away, though, after he dropped him or kind of stumbled? Matter. I know. I'm saying, though, had he stepped <laughs> yeah. away oh, and yeah. fought a smart fight. But Fedor never had fought smart fights before like that. He, every time he dropped you, he jumped into your guard and went after you. Oh, yeah. He did it with Noguera. did it with Noguera a couple times. He he doesn't. He didn't matter who you were. He just like, fuck it, threw caution in the wind. I'm a fighter. I'm going to get after you no matter where the fight goes. He wasn't worried about your submission. No, he wasn't. And it cost Del? him that fight. Until <clears throat> until until well, until you uh, meet that that guy that oh you better worry about his submission yeah that's exactly. just that's there's always that guy out there well you would have thought he would have taken that, that be a problem for you you would have thought he would have taken that type of uh, those type of steps towards Nogueira though just didn't care he when he fought Nogueira those other times he didn't care he jumped into his guard and just did huge damage you know um I think he pushed his way into butterfly guard though more with Nogueira. So with with uh, Verdum, he threw himself right into the full guard, and that just locked himself right up into a triangle. Got careless, yeah. got careless, reckless, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think Verdum, if he shows up, I think we'll, we'll should win this fight. What's that? Is there another card? Are you gonna talk? Is yeah. This same, is this the same card? So you want to move to the Wednesday card? Yeah. Why don't you? Yeah, go uh, to the Wednesday. Yeah. Card. Why don't you do your job? Anthony Smith against it. Glover. <clears throat> All right, are you ready? You think you're, you think you're gonna know these? Well, we're waiting on you, you, buddy. You know, we're waiting on you. You know, yeah. You ready to talk about? Who fights? cuts your hair? Your wife? I've not Ooh. cut my hair in weeks. Gosh. Uh, 
yeah, Anthony Smith versus um, <laughs> Go ahead, who? Glover Teixeira. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony and I Smith. said that right. Yes, Glover Teixeira <laughs> and Anthony Smith, correct? Yep. Yeah, what do you think? Oh, you know, this is a, this is a tale of two fights because Anthony right now in the stand-up, he's dangerous. Man. He's yeah. dangerous because of his ability to clinch, to land the knees, to do nice elbows inside, everything. Glover is a a technically good stand-up fighter, good uh, as far as his boxing. He's got great wrestling. Mm -hmm. His wrestling is way better than people realize. His wrestling is outstanding, and his ground game is outstanding. And if Glover's going to win this fight, he's going to win it on the ground. And if Anthony's going to win this fight, he's going to win it standing up. So this is a fight where both guys can win it. I think right now Anthony is still more on the peak, and Glover's taking a couple of steps on the on the Decline. backside of that that career hill. Uh, he's still tough, still durable, still a good fighter, mm -hmm. but he's definitely gonna take some shots in trying to get inside to get Anthony down. Because I don't see Glover being able to be real effective with his boxing against Anthony to the point where he feels comfortable. I can stay there. Uh, it's a good matchup. I really, I'm, I'm looking forward to this fight. Yeah, I'm gonna, like you said, Teixeira's on his way down. Yeah, Super nice guy, talented. Oh. I'm not sure the chin is what it used to be. It's not. It's not. You know, so, and, there's, and there's nothing you can no, do about that. That's can. just part no. of, you know, that's part of just progression and aging in fights and how much damage you've taken and. You know, all you can do is do the right thing so that person can't land yep. a decent shot on you. And, yeah. Uh, I just don't know if he can do that. I think he's, yeah, that's, that's that's not always an easy thing to he, do. That's what he, I was going to say. The age, he slowed down a little bit. His chin's not yeah. what it used to be. He's taken, he, in the times he has been finished, he's been finished with some big, big shots. Um, you know, the Gus fight, then also to the Anthony Johnson fight. I mean, like there's fights where you're just like, Ooh, like, Oh, the Anthony Johnson fight was bad. Yeah. Those are fights that you realize like, that those, those type of knockouts, they make a difference on your career. Like they start affecting, yeah, they make a difference on your life. Yeah. So they, they start affecting on how, how much longer you're going to be in the sport. And so with Anthony Smith, he just, I think the, a lot of, he learned a lot, I think from the John Jones fight. The hesitation, the confidence, all those things. Con fighting is a confidence game. And in that fight, he didn't show the confidence that he had shown in his previous fights. There's a lot of hesitation. There wasn't there wasn't the belief in that he could win that fight. I didn't see it that night in that cage. I think that he's taken a lot from that fight and realized that he is good enough to be in there with anyone. He just needs to go out there and do it. And if he can yeah, do that, if, if he can do that. Just can, go be you. Yeah, if he can go be him, do your thing. Yeah, I, yep. think, I think he gets a win. I wouldn't say it's gonna be a knockout, but I think he's got a, he's got a good chance of getting the finish. He's got to stay off of his back because Glover's got one of the best side chokes in the game. Oh, he's got a beautiful his arm triangle. Yep. Oh, tight. So, if he, once he gets to the ground, he finds his way to get there pretty easily and pretty swiftly, and it's very tight, really fast. So he's got to be very cautious of that. But if he can if he can avoid those couple little things, which I think he can. Um, you know, he can touch a Glover on the chin. You, it could change the dynamic of how this fight all comes out. But I'm going to lean towards uh, Anthony Smith. He fights. He fights with the confidence that he showed when he was fighting Shogun. Mm -hmm. That's the dangerous Anthony Smith. Gotcha. That's the guy you're looking. To, you don't want to face. What you got? Who else? Um, the coming on that card is uh, Ben Rothwell versus OSP. Is is that heavyweight? Correct. Yeah. Oh no. 
Benny getting down yeah, to life. I was like, <laughs> so, right now, so, so over St. Prairie went OSP up. OSP has gone up. You know what? Honestly, I for the longest time, I kind of wondered why he didn't go up sooner. Because even though he didn't really cut a ton of weight, his athleticism and his ability to outstrike and speed and all those things were there for heavyweights to be had. Now, if he would have fought someone like Kane, he probably would have lost because of the wrestling or good wrestling like DC. But guys like Stipe, guys like... Uh, I mean, I'm afraid of anyone that fights in Ghana. And but other, you know, <laughs> Rosen Strike and those guys, they just don't have heavyweights don't have the athleticism of the guys at 205. And the guys that don't have to cut a ton of weight, like the guys that walk around at 232, like you got to cut the weight to get to 205. I get it. But you're probably like we see it right now with Ryan Bader. He's better at heavyweight. He's a better yeah. fight. He's more athletic than I all agree. the heavyweights. We've seen it with DC when he cut when he went up to heavyweight, he was faster, more he's a better wrestling than all these guys. Just stay there. Like I think Ovis Sempru being at heavyweight, this might be a godsend for him. We'll see. You know, because you, you get touched on by those heavyweights, man. Your, your career could be over. Ah, there but, you go. Look at 265 pounds yeah. cutting weight, Ben Rothwell. Ben Rothwell. All right. And that you have got to there the guy who who just wrote the blueprint on beating Ben was your boy Kane. Yeah. How many times did Kane take Ben Rothwell down? Uh, and was... Rothwell kept working his way to his feet, but Kane took him right back down. Yeah. Rothwell is hard to damage. He is a guy that he keeps coming forward. Mm-hmm. He keeps putting pressure on you. He keeps just stalking. He's like Frankenstein. And you, you're sitting there and you got your, your pitchforks and you got your, 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 your flame in your little stock there and you're trying to keep him off. And he just keeps on... coming at you and he wears you out with it because it's the weight that he puts on you and when he lands he lands hard now his last fight was not a was he won it was not a pretty fight against stefan struve but you know again struve was lighting him up and he just kept walking through all of it all right and osp is going to have to be there osp is a fast twitch Mm-hmm. muscle fiber athlete yep. he is a good athlete yes, he, is he is fast but he's gonna have a hard time hurting ben and he gets tired and if he doesn't get ben out in the first round yeah it is not going to be pretty those second and third rounds which ben usually that's where he starts to come on look out yeah yeah, no, it's funny that you brought up his conditioning because I do recall that when he fought Kane, like even though Kane was kept taking him down, taking him down, he still kept getting back up to his feet and he kept going and kept going. I was like, that was kind of the game plan though. I remember with Kane was that let's just keep taking him down, making him work, making him work. And he'll eventually slow down because Kane's got the gas tank Art. fucking animal. Um, but OSP does not have that gas tank. <laughs> so even at 205, doesn't have that gas tank. But, nope. I, but I do think that the speed, the athleticism, to be able to get to the chin is going to always be a factor. And I think he's got the ability to get to those chin, to get to his chin faster than Ben's going to get to his. But can he do it and get him out of there the first round and a half? We'll see. In a three-round fight, I, I definitely feel a lot more confident. Um, a round and a half, though, is a lot. He's got to make sure he can weather the storm of that last round and a half, though, too. In the third, in the, the end of the second, into the third. So uh, it's rough. I'm going to lean, honestly, I'm going to lean towards OSP. You're okay. going to lean towards Ben. I like that. I'm going, going towards ben. ben. You're going Ben. Yeah, which hurts me because OSP is a Tennessee <clears throat> boy and I want to see him yeah. do well. I just, 
Yeah. You played football at UT, right? The rough one. He did. He He's did. a linebacker there. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Good What's athlete. Um, do you guys want more from these cards that are going to the following week, or do you want to save them for next week's show, or do you want to do a couple of fans' questions? Like, Let's how, do some. Well, how many fan questions you got? Uh, so 10, right, I've got 20, three right now, and then 45. I've got more that I'm, I'm more coming through as we were doing this. Okay. Which ones you got? What fan questions? Yeah, let's, so do fan, let's do some fan questions. Okay. Um, what do you think? John, are you okay with that? Absolutely. Let's give the fans what they want. <laughs> <laughs> I figure these cards are like next week, so they'll be on next week's show anyway. So. Josh, why are you always throwing shade at Dana White? Oh, no. No, I'm throwing shade at Podcast <laughs> Dave right now. Um, so here's a question from Ethan Cohen. Speak English. I can't hear you. A question from <laughs> Ethan Cohen. He says, should Wonderboy move to middleweight? Him and Adesanya are good matchups. He had pretty good close fight with Till. He already beat Whitaker. Only real threats could be power guys like Costa or Romero. I think Steven Thompson is absolutely suited for the welterweight division. Yeah. I think 170 pounds is a great place mm -hmm. for Steven Thompson. He doesn't cut that much weight. He doesn't walk around that big. Uh, he's normally around 187 pounds, 185 pounds. That's his normal walking weight or so. And uh, I, I think Steven Thompson should stay at the welterweight division. You know, the, he's... It, he is a hard matchup for anyone. Mm. Obviously, there's guys that have beaten him, but no one has, has you know, Anthony Pettis was the one that had the knockout against him. But Steven was doing really well in that he was fight that when fight. he got knocked out. Yeah. yeah, he was, you know, so, you know, that can happen to anyone. The Till fight, you know, a lot of people thought Till won. A lot of people thought Thompson won. And I will mm -hmm. tell you, Thompson won the fight. On the scorecards, he should have won the fight. Mm-hmm. He uh, kind of got home plate on that one, in my opinion. But it was a close fight, so you can't complain. That's mm -hmm. just the way it goes. But he is a handful for anyone. And at welterweight, you know, you can take a look at the champ and uh, say the champ could take him down because he's got good wrestling. But I'll tell you what, he's going to have to work his ass off to get those takedowns, and he's going to have to go through a guy. The thing about Stephen Thompson is this. When, when, when you teach martial arts, you know, it's everything that we do. If, you know, if I throw a, a left hand, right hand, it's the left kick is coming up. Mm. All right. I don't sit there and throw a kick with my right leg and a right hand right after it. But if I'm Steven Thompson, I do do that mm -hmm. because I can do it effectively. He can do things that other guys can't. And I think the welterweight division is absolutely where he belongs. Although I understand why you'd like to see him against Adesanya. That's a kind of a cool matchup. I'm not saying it's not. I just don't think that he should go to the middleweight. Yeah, I think we saw a little bit with Max Holloway, who dominated the 145-pound division. We saw that with him. Then he go to 45 and he, or 55, and he fought Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier had been at 55 for a couple, almost a year. I think almost a year, correct? Max had not been there. So even though, sure, we walk around at higher weights, you're not used to dealing with the higher weight guys, especially at the level that these guys are talking about you guys wanting to see them fight. He can't go to 185 and fight Izzy or fight Romero. These guys are walking around at weights that they're carrying. They're training with guys that are at the weights that they normally walk around at, at yeah. 200, 220, 225, whatever it is that they're doing. They just can't. He's been training with guys that are welterweight division. He's been training with guys probably walking around 185. Well, the guys that, that Whitaker and the guys that Izzy, those guys are training with, they're training with guys that are 205, 210, 212. 
it's a difference on how you prepare for your guys. We saw it with Max and we saw it with Dustin Poirier. You need time to put the weight on properly. You need time to your body to adjust dealing with guys of putting that type of pressure, the punching power, your chin, your head, your body's got to get used to taking the impact of guys that deliver that amount of power. So no, I, I, in theory, yeah, it sounds good, but I think since he's already down there at 170, he's got to stay there. I think I would like to see him. He's perfect for that division. It's his, yep. his natural weight. I think for him to really fight at, uh, I don't really see any benefits of him going. I, and not to mention, I mean, like I don't see any benefits of him going to 85, but I really would like to see him fight Raymond Daniels and MVP. <laughs> so, and, they're, oh, and they're at 170. Is. So those are the guys uh, I really would like to see. It, I, I so talked to him just a couple of, uh, about a week ago now. And uh, I told him, I said, yeah, we did this whole thing. I said, I, I traded for you. I said, we did a whole trade thing. I said, I traded for you. I got to have you. I got to have you fighting. I said, rematch against Raymond Daniels because he did fight Raymond Daniels in the WCL, Chuck Norris's old uh-huh. league, if you remember. And then I said, you and MVP would just be fantastic. So, so who those won are two the, fights I think would be incredible. Who won the Raymond Ray Daniels? Ray Daniels won. Ray Daniels. So how did it go? Uh, I, I believe, I, as as I recall, Ray, Ray was controlling most of it. And then they, you know that didn't have a, a ring. It had yeah, the kind of like a yeah, a little. And I think Thompson got hurt off of that, and that was the end of the fight. Oh wow! So, hmm. but I would like to see that in a real MMA fight. Fire. Yep. And then Ray, Ray, that would Ray, be good. Yeah, Raymond Daniels and MVP. I don't know why we haven't made that fight yet. I've said that how many times? God, it's driving me crazy, man. Crazy. All right, what you got? Um, a bunch of people are asking, uh, and this one comes from Heel Hook Crook. Who do you think is the surprise lined up for George Masvidal? Dana White said that there's uh, an interesting fight that's waiting for George Masvidal, and it's not the title. God, I thought about yeah, I, I thought it was Colby Covington. Hmm. That was my guess when they, when they said it. Said, oh, surprise yeah. one! And this is this. And you know, since they've had yeah the heat between the two and the dislike off of you know being training partners for a while and everything, I was like. You know, maybe Dana was smart, and he talked. He he talks with Dan Lambert a lot, and Dan Lambert said, "Well, you know what? Let's let's put them together. Let's get this shit over with, so they can yeah. stop squabbling in the fucking gym." Exactly. That's really so, what it comes down to. I kind of thought it would be Colby as a business owner, right? <laughs> you were both guys training your gym. <laughs> let's fucking just settle this, right? Both yeah. you guys get paid to settle. Yeah. Let's settle it. Exactly. I'm tired of I'm tired Tell of me. being your babysitter. Let's go. Tell me if you were Dan Lambert, yeah. you're not. All right, we'll fucking do this, but we're going to get paid to do it. Yeah. I get it. Here's the thing. I like it. Who wins? Oh, if it matches up. God damn, that's a good one. I think Colby beats him. Oh, God. My man. <laughs> it's fucking, you're man. such a WWE guy, man. He's just like a fucking Colby uh, nut rider because he loves that style of just that trash talking <laughs> oh, good. I saw an interview with him like two days ago he was wearing a Keep America Great hat again it was hilarious oh, he's, he's, anyways he, I, he is he is special <laughs> a little short yellow bus special <laughs> oh dude I got in trouble because you said that <laughs> I heard, yeah, I, heard. I, I, actually, I actually twisted yes my son did write on that so yeah oh, I, I say it with pride don't worry about that oh man but it's the truth it's like hey you know what it's okay yeah. Embrace it. Yeah. I just, I want, I'm leaning towards George because George does have really good takedown defense. But the one thing that concerns me is George does slow down. He tries to slow yep. the pace. That's the, that's the, that's the difference. Colby in the will not. 
Colby will yeah. not slow the pace, that, and he will just wrestle fuck George until he gets the fight to the ground. Yeah, I I see him I see him clinching with George and just making George work. Yeah, and George will have to work hard to keep himself up, which he can do for a while, and then eventually it'll start to break down. But that fucking pre-fight shit will oh, be, be awesome. fire. Will come be on. fire. I'm exci- they, I would they, be they excited. Just come out with that whole thing at, at American Top Team. You can't talk, you know, trash, you know, step better about this thing unless yeah. you're well, going to fight him. Yeah, but then not only that, though, but then as soon as they did that, George came, uh, George came out and talked to hell of shit. He's like, yeah, fuck him. He's a weak person. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and he obviously doesn't follow the rules. But he, um, I think the fight, it, it makes perfect sense. Let's get this shit over with. Let's get it done. I heard Colby squashed the beef between him and uh, uh, Dustin Poirier. So I heard the two of them yes. had a talk and conversation. Yeah. They were able to squabble the things. I thought that was good. That's good. Dustin's That's a great good. kid, man. I've, you know, I ran, is... we, we ran into him at uh, Mohegan some of the last time. And yeah. I, I hadn't seen Talking him in, for a while. I hadn't seen him in probably 10 years. And I just said, I, I'd seen him passing, but nothing really. And I just finally was like, hey, man, I, I, I'm, I admire the fact that you've had all the success. I'm super happy for you, you know, all the years. So, uh, yeah, well, I, he was wearing that Bellator shirt. And I told him, man, that looks really, really good on you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It would be fun. It would be fun. I'd like to see him fight here. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah. There's a lot I of guys him. I would like to see. But um, I would go. I, I would lean towards George if he can get him out of there in three. I don't think he can. It would be tough. You know, Colby is he would wrestle fuck him to death and just be able to. Just grind on them and grind on them and push the pace. So, I mean, but are we going to, what other fight are we going to see? Because he's saying not George. Well, I don't know. We don't know. You know, the, Usman. The, the question who, was, who would Usman fight that? Okay. Maybe not Usman. Dude, I mean, see, and it's the question of, I could, I know who I would like to see Usman fight, but you don't know what is it. They're actually capable of putting together. During this entire, you know, COVID mm-hmm. thing, because there's international guys out there that I don't yeah. know if you can actually put that fight together and bring those two guys together. So yeah, it's a it's a real question, and yeah, it's it's Isn't that who knows? Point of fight island, though? Well, it's not done yet, dumbass. How do you know? <laughs> fight island's not done <laughs> yet. June. How do you know? June. How do you know? Supposedly June. Because yeah, he said a month away. We will it's we'll be up away. and running sometime in June. All right. Well. I mean, we'll is Leon Edwards is a good fight. Well. That's the guy that I was talking about. That's, you know, if you want to talk about, I'll take Leon Edwards against Usman right now. I think that's an incredible matchup, but I don't know. Can they get Edwards from Le- England? Leon into wins. The States? Leon wins. <laughs> okay. That's why you, I said. Are you taking Usman I, or are you taking Leon? No, nah, I take Leon. Uh, me too. I take Leon. I'm sorry, man. He's fucking good. Speed. Oh, he's real good. Uh, feet, speed, footwork, all those things. No, footwork, man. His is, a, dude, he doesn't even stop takedowns. He just moves away from Yeah, it's The way he moves at times, you go, oh, damn, that was nice. It's crazy. I, I feel like he's just the dark horse in this whole thing, man. He really he is. is. You've got T. Wood, which I think T. Wood... He's my boy. A lot I of thought, respect I for him. I thought that was not a, a good fight, fight for, for him. Wood. Bad no, fight see, for him. There you go. Smart. You, if you match, if you match Colby with T Wood or with with George, they're saying they got a special fight for George. Maybe it's Colby. That's great. Maybe they start talking shit to each other. You put Leon up there with Usman, and then you move T Wood to somewhere else. I don't know who, but or what, but I mean, 
It's not like he's been friendly to the UFC. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're not doing him any favors right now <laughs> so, doubt it. to T. Wood. So he's just like. I I mean, like and, and, and look, Tyron is a great guy. He is. He's a great competitor. I love the guy. Mm -hmm. I just, that that fight. Wasn't with, good for him. With Leon. Well, you know, it was it was going to be one of those ones. The UFC sometimes is a, is a very cruel mistress. And, you know, you're the champ <laughs> and then you, you lose. Well, you can look, you know, when, when, when Rory McDonald, you know, he lost, uh, to Robbie Lawler mm -hmm. in a great fight. And then he was, he was, you know, on his last fight of his contract and he hadn't signed with him. And who did they get, who did they give him? Stephen Thompson. Yep. You know, and you look and you go, man, they, they're just mean at times, yep. <laughs> you know, but Hey, if you're a top guy, you got you got to take on top talent. Well, because even if he did beat Stephen Thompson, they knew it wasn't going to be a very action-packed fight. So like, oh, he's leaving. Well, on, he's leaving on like kind of a fight that just like no one cared about. Like, oh, it was horrible. We forgot about it. Like, okay, now it's times passed. By the time he signs with someone else, because there's a 90-day trial period or 90-day thing where you can't sign with anyone else. So after your last fight, you have 90 days where they are allowed to strictly they get 90 negotiate days with where they're you. locked in yep, negotiating to negotiate with, with you. You know, so. Not to mention the year in between your second to last fight and your last fight that they put you on the bench for to negotiate with. <laughs> so that extra 90 days is really like a forget you type moment, you know? Um, Can be. Yeah. Uh, what what other, what was the other question? Um, those are the only real fight ones. Is what, one. What's a not fight one? <laughs> oh, here's a not fight one I'll tell you right now. From John JDNB asks, a random question for you both. What is your favorite non-MMA hobby or interest or just something that you love doing? Oh, that was there that. You go. Go, why, Josh. why don't you tell don't us? Don't fucking laugh at me again. No, so for <laughs> me, right? I mean, like, <laughs> no, I'm okay with this. See, people want to know about us, not about you. Gosh, calm down. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, uh, John, I got to tell you, man, um, like during this uh, quarantine, I never thought I would ever, these words would ever escape my mouth, but I, I kind of miss being around other people. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God, I never thought those words would ever come out of my mouth. I, I miss being around other people. I miss my, like, cause my gyms are both closed. I miss being around the kids that I teach. I miss being around fitness people that are, that are motivated. Like, honestly, my days, I, I sometimes wake up and I'm like, oh, it's going to be a beautiful day. And then like a couple, like an hour or two in, I'm like, man. I'm not going anywhere. I'm fucking stuck in my house. This is depressing. It really is depressing. So I like to mountain bike. I like to be active. I like to get outside, swim in the pool, barbecue. I like to do something that keeps my mind off of what's going on right now. But I mean, realistically, <laughs> like I, I miss, I miss being able to like coach kids, teach fitness classes, be active. I miss being behind the microphone, you know, calling fights. Uh, I did an interview today with uh, this kid from Ireland and, uh, I, and he was bringing up some some fights that I got to call, you know, the Peter Queeley and um, Ryan Scope fight, those kind of things. He's talking about Pedro Cavile and uh, Patricio and their fights and the featherweight tournament, as well as some of the UFC stuff. And I just, I miss it. I, I miss it. I miss it. I miss uh, breaking down fights, man. I miss doing all that. Sure, we do this weekly, you know, but, and, you know, and sometimes, you know, twice a week, but it's just, I miss it. I miss being around the fighters. You know, this, when people ask me, like, do you miss anything about the sport? And I was like, nah, because I had that. Yeah. And, and now, You're part of the sport in a different way. Yeah. I, I don't have that right now. So I'm like, gosh, man, I miss it. And that's why when we're, we started this whole show tonight, I said, I'm happy Dana got shit together and we're doing fights. This is the time to do the fights. 
I'm excited for three fights in a row. I'm excited for that, man. I'm excited for what they're doing. I'm glad this is the time. And so when when we're having this conversation, those are the things that I miss. Those are the hobbies that I enjoy. My hobby is the sport. My hobby, everything about my life is the sport. It's this show, my gyms, fitness, kids jujitsu, kids MMA, kids wrestling, kickboxing, kid, you know, all these things that go along. This is my life. This sport has been my life. And so there's, even though I'm still not fighting this, I miss it. I miss this for sure. This is what my hobby is. That's awesome. I love that. It's funny because, you know, <laughs> although my broadcasting career, I guess, or if you want to call it that, you know, I, I always, I always tell everyone, Hey man, find that thing that you're passionate about. Because if you can, if you can work in a field that you enjoy, that you love doing, I said, then it's not work. You know, it's, it's, you'd always like to spend, you know, the day with your kids over going to work, but Anytime if you go to work and you're happy to be there, life is always going to be good. And so that's what I've been lucky enough to have no matter where I've been at. But if you're going to ask hobby-wise, what do I do? Uh, I do, you know, fights all the time, watching fights all the time, breaking fights down for people, watching rounds, giving them why, judging-wise, why it should go one way over the other. But uh, the one thing that I normally do, I do woodworking. Yeah. It's weird, but... I, uh, I make, I make furniture, I make tables, I make, uh, just whatever my wife wants me to make basically, you know, or with somebody else. <laughs> the honey-do list, but, baby, the honey-do oh, list. Oh, dude, man. But you know, I make giant slab, you know, live edge tables and things like that. But I like working with my hands. I don't care what it is. If it's outside cutting trees down, it doesn't matter, you know, what it is. I just like to be outside and like to be, uh, working with my hands. Yeah. I work my but, wood a lot too. That's a different kind of wood, dude. That's, that's totally whatever, it's all the wood. same. It's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in quarantine right now. I'm really working the wood. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, John's over here scratching his head like, what the fuck? Yep. What just happened right now? <laughs> they call uh, that whittling. <laughs> whittling, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Just two little figures like this. Um, Yeah, so, okay, guys. Hey, YouTube, hit the thumbs up. Subscribe. Hit the subscribe button as well on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, uh, Spotify, Spotify, Stitcher, all those. Okay, hit the hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe button on those. Also, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Josh Thompson Official. We have a new shirt up. You guys check it out. Hope you guys like it. Also, our logo tee is up as well. And uh, pick up one of those shirts and uh, send us a picture. Tag us, send us a picture of you wearing it or you purchasing it, whatever it is. We'd love to retweet it. And uh, we appreciate you guys' support. Anything else, John? No, we're good, man. Looking forward to fight. Man, Thank I'm looking you. forward to watching the fights. Oh I'm looking God, forward I... to sports on TV just in general. <laughs> I swear, I've been watching so many uh, the football. All excited. I still got a week. I've been watching the football lifes. I've watched, I think, repeatedly. I've watched the same ones over and over and over. You know, I love watching uh, Bill Parcells. The one they have about Bill Parcells is absolutely phenomenal. Um, all right, anything else? Podcast, what do you got? Dave, let's go, buddy. Uh, do you hope they do a press conference before the fights this weekend? Like they just do like a little Tony Gaethje on stage to hype it up? What do you think? You think they'll do that? A press conference? Uh, Even just on like UFC's YouTube channel or something? You know, I, I can see them doing a, 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 a talk with each fighter, both in different areas, both in yeah. different rooms. It's going to be weird. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe oh, no. through like Zoom or, oh. you know, Skype. You, know, Sky you also need to say thank you. Say thank you. I'm waiting. Say thank you, John. Who? For what? Just say thank you. Okay. Thank you, John. 
Okay, you're you're welcome. For what? Zoom? I I did not put you in the challenge. I had to do this Thank challenge. Thank God. Thank you. Okay. But I did I, I did put Chael and I did put Jay. Yeah. <laughs> Jen Brown. Have at it, boys but, and girls. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Thank you for not including me in that. Jeez. That's what I wanted uh, to hear. I was in the push-up <laughs> challenge, the put your shirt on in the handstand position challenge. I was in all these fucking challenges. I'm like, gosh, if you would have thrown me in that one, I'm uh, <laughs> I would have called you, called you out on it. Uh, so talk to me. So the, the challenge, what was the challenge you did today? I did the, uh, it is for the, uh, I can't even say, Independence Fund, which does things for veterans that get catastrophic injuries uh, in, you know, situations in Iraq and places like that. They come back, no arms, no legs, things like that. They do a great job for them. So they had this, it was called Resilience Under Quarantine challenge and it's basically you're you're showing what you've been doing during that time so you can go i think my <laughs> wife's got on her facebook and they put it out did all these kind of you know stupid ass uh films and stuff i actually did a, I, I commentated a fight commentated a fight for the the bffc which is the bird feeding fighting championships <laughs> because you know i have so many birds around here that i did a whole thing on the thrashers and the doves coming in and you know can't get the thrash female thrasher comes in, shoves the man right off. I said, yeah, figures wife beat him already, but you know, it's all kinds of stupid stuff on it, but it's, it was kind of fun. I wanted to say this. Those of you guys that don't follow John McCarthy, go to John McCarthy, MMA, go to his Instagram. And I want you guys to see, uh, his new pet. He's got a possum. He's been raising this thing. <laughs> he's got a cool, little, he's got a cool little cute family photo with that. He just posted recently just of him and the, the possum. It's very cute. Fred is Fred is part of this whole this whole video thing I had to do. Oh man, it's he's in there multiple times. It's hilarious. They've got this little <laughs> tiny possum that they're raising pretty much now because his wife found the possum and now is like taking her under his wing. It just it's crazy. Anyways, you you guys you're much better people than I am for sure. <laughs> I just I would have put the possum out on a branch or something and said, okay, run along, little guy, run along, figure run it home. out, figure it yeah. out. He wasn't going to make it. I'm surprised uh, Dave's wife hasn't done that to him yet. Put him out on a branch. <laughs> Just be like, figure it out, kid. Figure it out. All right, guys. If you guys uh, don't follow us, go to John McCarthy MMA on Instagram and on Twitter, correct? Yes, sir. Yep. Josh Thompson. I mean, mine is The Real Punk on Instagram and Twitter. And Podcast Dave is Podcast Dave on Instagram. Podcast Dave. One. 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 I was waiting for you to say it. Okay, Podcast Dave One on Twitter. And uh, you guys, like I said before, hit the thumbs up on the YouTube because that shares our videos and that makes it come up basically on all everyone that's looking up MMA or events or podcasts. So that helps push our product as well. Make sure you guys t uh, post and share our videos as well. So uh, on your Facebooks and things like that, that gets the name out there as well. We guys, we really appreciate you guys following us. We appreciate the work you guys are doing for us. And please check out our t-shirts. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you guys. And see you guys next week. And if we come up with something else sooner, we may see you guys sooner. Hopefully. Yeah. Have a en good one. Enjoy the fights.